There are many stories. Some of them are sad, some funny. Some are stories of madness, of violence. Some are ordinary, yet they all have about them a sense of mystery, the mystery of life, sometimes the mystery of death, the mystery of the woods. To introduce this story, let me just say it encompasses the all. It is beyond the fire though few would know that meaning. It is a story of many, but it begins with one. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Quirks of Creation. I'm Miss Frizzle. Get weird, make mistakes, or whatever she says. I forgot because <laughs> it's been like 20 years since I watched Magic School Bus. <laughs> whatever that is. Whatever. whatever that is. Hi, Log Lady. How are you? Hello. Doing? I'm good. I'm the Log Lady. She did my, the Log did my intro for me. Oh, okay. Today. Actually, that makes sense. Yeah, then. that's why yeah. nobody could hear it. Just me. If you don't know who the log lady is. If you've sorry. never watched Twin Peaks, what are you doing with you're your life? You're missing out. Only the first two seasons. But still, you're yeah, missing we out. We don't talk about season three. Didn't happen. Doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. But yay, happy Friday. Welcome to a special episode of Quirks. I'm so excited to do something a little quacky. We never yeah. do that. <laughs> It's quack night. It's fine. It's a quacky night. I'm excited. Let's bring it on. <laughs> We've got some local stories mm-hmm. for us, local to us stories. And I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm geeked to talk about them. I am too. I didn't know that these like cryptids I'm talking about really existed here in Michigan until somebody brought it up in our chat. Few months ago, forever ago, ago. yeah, yeah, it feels like now. I know. I was like, Yes, I'm going to talk about it. I swear, I'm doing it, doing it. Yay! Jess has some, some spooky stories, spooky stories sitting around the campfire type stories. Yay! North Georgia mountains. I'm I'm freaked out already. (laughs) You You feel the creepy crawlies. I feel the creepy crawlies. Well. Okay, couple of announcements before we get all creeped out. Ah. One, we have a live sale going on for our merch right now. Yes! Yay! So excited. So if you guys did not get yourself the cool new dragon chart or the cool new pyramid hoodie, what are you doing? Well, now you can. Yay! Code SPOOKY. Get 10% off your Quirks purchase at hawkhoundmedia.com slash QOC, standing for Quirks of Creation. So... Make sure you guys go over there. That is code SPOOKY to get 10% off at hawkhoundmedia.com slash QOC. Go get you some fancy merch. Go get you something. Treat yourself. Yeah. Do it. Do it. 
Yeah. And if you don't want to wait around for it to ship or for you to pay money, if you're here live, we are doing a giveaway at the end of the show. So stick around. Whoop, whoop. Can I be part of the giveaway? I think you automatically win the giveaway with your costume. It's I was so excited when I saw her costume, guys. My favorite costume of all time. It's definitely not for everybody, but it was also definitely the easiest costume I think I've ever done. It's my favorite. Hands down. <laughs> Yay. Oh. Do we have any other cool oh, announcements before yeah. we uh we got a really nice comment on our most recent well not our most recent episode. It was our um, history of the promised land episode. And this comes from SC lemons, 2014. Love the show. This was a great episode, such good information in light of current events. Would you mind saying the name of the book that Elise was reading from? I would love to read through. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your kind comment. We didn't get a ton of those, but I didn't <laughs> expect them either. So. Yeah. <laughs> But that's, you know, that's okay. what happens when you spell out the truth. That's what happens. The book uh, is Reclaiming Israel's History. Sorry, I have to. Roots, Rights, and the Struggle for Peace. Who's that by? It was by David Brog. Okay. B-R-O-G. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for the nice comments. Thank Remember, you. You guys share those with us. It's perfect. Yeah. All righty. So tell us all about. Are we ready? Yes, I'm so excited to hear about your monsters. Okay, here they come. <gasps> oh, let me tell you a story. A tale of churning waters, strange sightings of a monster of the deep. The Great Lakes are said to be the home of great serpents, elusive creatures that send shivers down the spine of all unfortunate enough to be witness. When disturbed, our creature churns the water, thrashing and creating chaos in the usually calm stillness. A head with eyes viciously sparkling peaks above the waves, reminding us of our vulnerabilities, how small we truly are, and how vast the unknown waters are. Our lives hang in the balance, and nothing stands between us and our last breath except that will of the beast. The Iroquois call the Lake Erie monster Onira, and the Ojibwe call the Lake Superior serpent Mishupishu. Today, we've diluted the raw power of this creature with the names Bessie and Pressy, but do not be fooled by these darling labels. The serpents of the lakes should not be misunderstood or, mis or underestimated. Ooh, I got the chills. Oh, are you scared yet? <laughs> I'm so scared. Ah! <laughs> the funny part is the stories I've found that are recent are really not too scary. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> okay, that's all right. Uh, so we'll start with Bessie and she is the, um, she's the Lake Erie monster. So refresher, the Great Lakes, there is Huron, Michigan, Ontario, Superior, and Erie. I definitely thought they were all Lake Michigan <laughs> because I'm bad at geometry. That too. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. They're they're all connected, but they're all they all have their own name. Gotcha. I don't know. Yeah. Um and connected like some of them just through rivers and streams and so not huge 
connections to some like of them. Like loosely connected. Yeah, exactly. Like you can get from one to another, but whatever. Anywho, so Erie's where we start. And most of this comes from uh, the people who live in Ohio. Gotcha. The first reported, like written down sighting was in 1793, and it was the captain of the Felicity, and he's steering his sailboat through the shallows of Lake Erie's islands. He's duck hunting and admiring the rugged natural beauty of the area. His loud shouts, shots, words, his loud shots ring out, echoing over the still water, and suddenly the captain sees something that makes his blood run cold. This is not my story, by the way. This is just the story. Gotcha. According to the captain, an enormous serpent had started thrashing around near his boat, having been startled by the gunshots. He reported that the creature was huge, easily over five meters long, and it disappeared before he could get a better look at it. So, hmm. first sighting of Bessie. So, there are a few stories every decade or so of sightings of this huge serpent thrashing through the water, wrestling, some say like wrestling with an unseen foe. And each time the waters churn and the long monster like shows itself and goes back into the water. Ooh. Most of these stories are pretty harmless. So there was 1892, the Cleveland Plain Dealer, which was the newspaper at the time, okay. ran an article entitled Lake Erie Sea Serpent said to have been seen by fishermen near Oak Harbor. The monster was described to be about 25 feet long, about one and a half feet in diameter through the largest part. Its head was large and flat. About five feet from its head, there appeared to be several large fins or slippers. Its colors were black and mottled with brown spots. Oh, okay. Seen again in 98. But in 1898, a hunter discovered four large eggs and he brought them home. When the eggs hatched in his kitchen, there were snakes that came about came out about two and a half feet to five feet long. Oh, wow. So possibly Bessie had babies <laughs> and he found them. Wait, I feel like there was a TV show that was like this where the like some kid found the eggs of the Loch Ness Monster. It was like fringe or something like that. Mm, I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. That sounds wild. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows how true? I don't know what he did with them after they hatched. Like if he just took them back to the water or something else. I don't know. But apparently Bessie's babies were hatched in his kitchen. <laughs> That's so crazy. Uh, yeah. 1909, there was another sighting um, by the Union Salt Company. A bunch of workers there saw a snake-like creature appear above the water for a moment before diving back down. And then in the 1980s, the uh, newspaper again ran an article asking for a, um, or it was like a contest to name oh. the Lake Erie Monster. The original winning name was South Bay Bessie, after Davis Bessie, but oh. later they just changed it to Bessie. Which, how funny that that rhymes with Nessie. Nessie, <laughs> Bessie. Yep. Whatever. Same thing. We made it our own. Yeah. There you go. There we go. We made it our own. Um, there's another story about two fishermen, I think in the 1980s. 
and they had said that the monster came up and they were fishing and obviously the monster was mad and like grabbed the side of their boat and started shaking it and they thought they were gonna fall out and die uh yeah creepy but this one i mean all of them it's kind of like did that really happen but this one especially was like that sounds more like a story apparently they called the coast guard and the coast guard they told him it looked like a large alligator and the coast guard was totally unfazed they're like oh yeah we'll send somebody out to deal with that like it happens all the time oh yeah just a random large alligator in the great lakes definitely in their ecosystem yeah 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 this stuff happens all the time uh, and then in the 90s, and I think this is like the last sighting document. I say documented really <laughs> loosely. Right. But there was a family that uh, was in East Harbor State Park in Marblehead. And they said they saw a large creature moving in the water about a thousand feet from their boat. And they described it as black, about 35 feet long with a snake-like head. And it moved as fast as their boat. Ooh. Yeah. After the monster surfaced, it later disappeared under the water a few miles north of Cedar Point. Just wanted to go hang out at the amusement park. Might as well, right? I mean, while you're in the area. Why not? Why not? This has been a huge, um, I don't know, fun thing, I think, for for Lake Erie people, to yeah. <laughs> the Lake Erie people, to I, talk about. It's literally called Lake Erie. Exactly. It's begging for a lore. It's begging for something like this. It needed something like this. Just to give you an idea of what this guy looked like. Guy, girl. I mean, it is called Bessie, so. Like Bessie the cow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Hold on. Internet. Internet. Mine doesn't want to work. I got you. This Thanks. One. There we go. There she is. He is. Whatever it is. Honestly, the longer I look at it, the more uncomfortable I get. I know. It's it's described in a bunch of different ways, but mostly it ranges from about 25 to 35 feet. It's like a dog-like head or a snake-like head. That always changes. And but the thing is. Hmm? It has like goat horns and I don't It has like goat horns, horns and yeah. And, but it always has this serpent-like body. Right. Which will come up more. It's been so popular around there that Great Lakes Brewing Company even has <laughs> <laughs> the Lake Erie Monster. Love it. Yeah. I'm I mean, here it's for a, it. Yeah. It's gross because it's an IPA, but hey, besides that. <laughs> well, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> looks cool. They even have a hockey team named after it. It's kind of. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They love their Bessie. The. But again, pretty, pretty mild, pretty like eh, sure. this thing just kind of shows up. And there's a bunch of different explanations, which we'll get into in a minute. Um, first, we're going to go north Ooh. to Lake Superior. Get you Gumi. That's one of my favorite names for it. I love it. There's another serpent that's said to be up there called Pressy. You got to stick with the theme, right? Right. Yeah. So uh, 
Pressy got her name. I'm not sure when, but it's because she was. I, say, I keep saying she, but how can you not? Yeah, it We're was just seen. Assume her gender. Yeah, <laughs> she laid eggs. She's a what sheep. I do. No. Seen around Presqu'ile, uh, which is in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, near Marquette. Gotcha. So the first sighting here for this one was 1894, and the crew, the crews of two steamers, observed a strange creature undulating along in the twilight and it's backward protrude six to eight feet out of the water. So again, same kind of mm. movement, same kind of feel when, when you see it. Again, in 1895, a, another steamer crew saw a hideous creature off Whitefish Point, which is further east from Presqu'ile, where the name comes from. Right. And then way over to the west, 1897, near Duluth, a Detroit man fell overboard when his yacht struck a rock, and he was attacked by a huge serpent, which he said tried to constrict him in the manner of a large snake. Oh, no. <coughs> Excuse me. His three shipmates also saw this to attest to. Mm. So, like, just, I know how I think about the Loch Ness Monster. I always think of it being a plesiosaur, but this thing feels more serpentine and less, like, plesiosaur-y. Yes. Dry throat. Sorry. Oh, I think- girl, I feel that. I, it's, it's the log. It's the log. <laughs> I'm having an allergic reaction. Allergic. The log, the log lady who's allergic to her own log. If only you knew the story behind the log, which I finally do because I read the history, uh, <gasps> the secret history of Twin Peaks, which so was good. so good, so good. Oh, it was phenomenal. Oh. I don't, won't even start there, but it was so good. Yeah. So this, I looked up a little bit about the Loch Ness and. Loch Ness Monster, and that was seen earlier than these reports anyway, and it was like 586, I think, AD, was the first story about about that. And then the photo that we have comes from the 30s. Um, But I don't think there's anything other than just seeing that one as well. Like there's no stories of an attack or going after anybody. Um, what gets me about the Lake Superior monster is there are two stories that really stick out and they're more recent. So there is a story in 1977 and there was this hiker named Randy Braun who snapped a photo of something which he suspects was a giant serpent swimming in the waters of the lake near the Porcupine Mountain Wilderness State Park. He also said it undulated in the water like a serpent. And he got a snapshot, which shows a blurry object in the water. And it has a horse-like head and a long neck and an unidentified tail. People have said that the tail looks almost like a whale, a whale's tail. Go figure. With this one. Like a horse thing. Yeah. But still serpent-like in the water. I'll show you that picture in just a minute. And there was another story, like summer of 1981 in Munising. So all of these are like mostly along the northern part of the Upper Peninsula on Lake Superior. I don't have a lot of 
Canada stories for this one. But right. um, four children and teenagers, all siblings, deserve a serpent rising, showing three humps coming out of the water. They started to cry, and the thing like went back in the water and just swam away. Like, oh, I don't want to mess with those kids. I'll I don't blame them. them. <laughs> and then in the 90s, during the summer, some fishermen were watching as a large aquatic animal pulled a waiting deer from the shore, chomped it, left the head no! on, the, on the beach, and pulled the rest into the water, supposedly to eat it. So, If my cat could eat a deer, that's what my cat would do. Yeah. Like, I don't need to deal with anything else. I'll just... I'll just take the good stuff. This is ah! the f- yeah. Blah. This is the photo that was taken in 1977 by Randy. It's not a great picture, obviously, because I mean, hey, we're talking about cryptids. Why would anybody have a good, clear picture? You don't get that. No. <laughs> uh, but he drew, obviously, down at the bottom. He drew a picture of the head that he saw peeking out of the water. Don't like it. I don't like it either. And if you look in the photo, it's kind—it's harder to see, but you can see the humps. Like the foremost oh, yeah. is the head, and then behind it, right. a ways. It's like a hump coming out of the water. There's an enhanced picture of the head. And oh, it looks like this. No. Duh. It looks like a snake to me. It looks like Nagini from Harry Potter. <gasps> it does. That's a good description. Oh, I don't like it. Mm-mm. So anybody listening, yes, that is a great way to think of it. It's like Nagini with half of her head sticking out of the water. And if Nagini was like even huger than she already yeah. is. Yeah. So Pressy. Nope, Bessie, the one in Ohio. Right. She is said to have been like 15 to 25, maybe 35 feet long, varying on the stories. That's, that's a big girl. Yeah. However, Lake Superior, this one is consistently said to be about 75 feet in length. Uh Horse like a head with teeth and long neck, fins, whale like tail, like I said. And then also, there was, oh man, I didn't put it in my notes, so I lost my train of thought. It's okay. The head, whatever. It's huge. Oh, the girth at the biggest that it's seen is, was uh, compared to that of a Volkswagen Beetle. Oh my gosh. So. That to me, that's that's too big. That's not a log. Like, no, maybe, <laughs> maybe, but probably not. Like something that big's gonna sink if it was a log. I would think, or right. a tree, or most likely, it'd be too dense. It'd be too dense. It has to have an air pocket in it somehow. Yeah. And it does also make sense with the lakes. So right. Erie is the second smallest of the Great Lakes, while its superior is the largest. Right. And it's also the largest freshwater lake in the world. So oh, wow. if we're taking this thing seriously, right. 
potentially it has all the room it needs to grow as big as it wants or can I was I was trying to get ready for my part of the show talking about my lake and they compare it to uh, Lake Superior Ah. and uh, of course it's not even nearly as big but I remember them saying like Lake Superior was like 1300 feet deep which is like insane that's like getting close to ocean levels deep it's a it's a freshwater sea yeah it's pretty much how people describe it like insane just as turbulent <laughs> but maybe that's the monster's fault i don't know Ooh. digging down with her snake nose right these are all you know relatively uh recent stories but <laughs> i just bookstore store <laughs> coming in clutch for us once again in the chat, he said there should be sea serpent named Fergie for all her humps. Her humps. Her lovely ladies' humps. <laughs> Amazing. It, it rhymes. It does. Maybe she can go in like Lake Michigan or Huron. One of the ones that don't really have one yet. <laughs> Fergie, Bessie, Pressy. Yeah. We're just kidding. We're on it. We'll start that one. <laughs> there we go. But the Native Americans have uh, their own versions of these that they have been telling these stories for a very, very long time. And the Iroquois, their legend is of the Onyari, mm. which they have said this would so this would be Lake Erie. It's a dragon-like horned serpent lurking in the Great Lakes to capsize canoes and eat people. Its breath is often said to be poisonous. And in some traditions, the Onyari would spare travelers who made it offerings to it. I couldn't find what kind of offerings. But, you know, uh, it's probably not the nice kind. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't discover that. So if anybody knows how to appease <laughs> Onyari, let us know just in case. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. I, but I didn't. I couldn't find it. So, anyway, Onyari simply means snake in Mohawk, and then um, it could also mean great snake, which makes sense. There's a story in the Iroquois tribe of um, this girl, and basically, she was really picky. Her parents kept bringing her dudes, and they're like, "Hey, we marry this one. You want to marry this one?" How about this guy? She's like, no, no, no. And then all of a sudden, this guy shows up in there at their home, and he's gorgeous, and she's like, oh, I'll marry you. He just kind of walks in. He's like, will you marry me? She's like, yep, let's go, and just leaves with him. And as he takes her through the woods towards the river where he lives, she's getting um, more and more creeped out. And he's like, it's fine, it's fine, just come on, just come with me. Puts her in the cabin, and he's like, okay, no, no matter what you see, I need you to stay here for a day. Don't uh, don't leave. Oh. Just don't leave. And no matter what you see, don't freak out. It's fine. You want to put on this dress? And she's like, no, it smells like fish. I'm not putting on this dress. Right. Essentially, what happens is she does peek outside, and she sees all these serpents around the home. And she freaks out and she doesn't know what to do because he told her not to leave and she's not sure if she could get past them anyway. So she goes to sleep, has a dream by someone she thought was her grandfather. And he says, 
tomorrow when you wake up, no matter what, run out of the cabin, run to this highest point, and um, don't look back. No matter what you hear, no matter what you see, don't look back. Just run to this cliff, climb up the cliff. When you get there, I will be there to help you. So her husband comes in in the morning and she just bolts out the door and runs up this, runs, 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 runs. Her husband's in the background yelling for her and she's not looking back. She's not stopping. She gets to the top of the cliff, turns around and looks, and there's all these serpents that are just following her. And the old man from her dream is there. And it turns out to be, I think his name was Henry. Nope, I had it. Somewhere. Anyway, he is the spirit of thunder. Oh. Yeah. So he like throws lightning bolts down on these guys and takes them out. And then he turns to her and he's like, you were really helpful. Thanks for helping me. You want to do this with me more often? <laughs> she was like, yeah, sure. And that's one of their stories of the Oniri. So when I show you this photo, not that one, not that one, not that one. Hold on. We're getting there. There he is. Oh, no. Yeah. That's what they were talking about for the most part. And then this guy here in the forefront with the thunder, that's like the thunder spirit, the thunderer, who was said to take them out. There, that was like the balance to this dragon serpent. Yeah. I was fixing to say, that's a dragon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a dragon right there. Interesting how Interesting. many cultures have dragon myths. Around the dragon myths, exactly. Fascinating. Pressy, her dragon, whatever, would be Mishupishu. Mishupeshu. That's how you say it. Mashupishu. Right. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Same thing, right? Um, Mishupeshu is an Ojibwa legend. It's also attributed to the Anish. Anishinaabe, the Odawa. Wow. All these Indian names. Yes. And I apologize because I'm slaughtering them. But so it's believed that Mishipeshu lived within the lakes and travels by underwater tunnels. But his main home is Mishpakotan Island off of Ontario. And it said that's where the lake is the greenest and that's where he is. Hmm. So he's mostly known as a large serpent-like feline with copper horns atop his head. Some say that his fur and scales are made of copper. Um, The antlers, the face, it's all copper. Interesting. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, Lake Superior is known for having huge deposits of copper in the water and surrounding areas. Mishpeshu also is the guardian, like a dragon with his horde, of all of the copper. I love it. So, this story, this water panther, if you will. Yeah. When it's upset, because people have been taking its copper or have disturbed it, will come out and either make the water go crazy. So, whirlpools and terrible storms and also when the ice covers lake superior which only really happens when it's 
it has to be pretty darn cold for it to be completely covered. But it will also break the ice so people will fall through. Ah. And you can also appease this one. And this I found out you can be, he can be appeased with tobacco. <laughs> with tobacco. Why not? I feel like there's something to be said about that, but I'm not going <laughs> to say it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and if you have copper yourself, you can make talismans to protect yourself from Mishipeshu. Wait. Mm-hmm. Pesu wants to hoard the copper, mm-hmm. but as long as you have copper, he ain't going to bother you. You'll be fine. He's like a talisman. Interesting. There's a story. There's a story of a boy who fought Mishipeshu, hit it with his oar, and broke off a chunk of copper from his antlers, I believe, or his tail. No, his tail. Oh. And kept it with him all the time. And because of that, he had great luck hunting and fishing. Interesting. Yeah. So it goes twofold. He'll either get upset and cause a ruckus because you have taken his copper or. He'll be like, hey, I can help you medicinally or give you good luck with this copper. It's just kind of like a cat. Depends on his <laughs> mood. It's like he's a cat spooky noodle or something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Spooky cat noodle. Yep. So ways that you can know that he is around is the water will um, get foggy turn this really crazy green color. It'll be Ooh, deep. like oxidized copper. Right. Crazy. <gasps> and winds or fogs. Now, I can personally attest to the fact that Lake Superior is temperamental. And you don't want to get caught out in Lake Superior <laughs> when it just decides it's going to be bad weather. It's really scary. And it happens out of nowhere. <laughs> Aren't there like ships at the bottom of Lake Superior? A ton. So that's <laughs> another thing. There was this huge copper rush in the late 1800s in Lake Superior because people were like, oh, hey, check sure. out all this copper. There were also a ton of ships that sank at the same time all that copper rush was going on. So, you know, Mishi Peshu was mad. <laughs> that everybody kept taking his copper and just upset all these boats and killed a bunch of people. And there's tons of boats that can attest to this. Have you heard the song, um, the Edmund Fitzgerald heard of that song or the story of the Edmund Fitzgerald? I don't think so. It's this folk song by um, Gordon Lightfoot. And I don't know. It's, it's uh, I really like the song. But it's about this shipwreck that happened on Lake Superior, and it was a it was a big one. It was bad. And I, when he wrote the song, Gordon Lightfoot was really moved by the sad story. But people also are like, "Oh well, what'd they do?" People still attest even that, which was fairly recent. I want to say eighties or nineties. To Mishipeshu, still to this day, they're still like, "Nope, they made him mad, and he came out of nowhere and took him out." I don't know. It's it's a f- I don't want to say cool, but it's just kind of funny how we attribute these things to this old Native American folklore to this day. Right. So, 
just to have a few more. This is another photo picture. Oh my gosh. Artist rendition of Mishi Peshu. I don't like that one either. I don't either. It's like a catfish whiskers. It's a literal catfish. Yeah. Catfish, panther, dragon, snake thing. I don't know. It looks like a Pokemon. It does look like a Pokemon. (laughs) Nintendo, get on it. Right. Oh, that's a, now that's a Digimon, except it's missing like the guns. Yeah. This one, so it's standing upright and all jacked with twisted antlers. Why is it jacked? I don't know. I don't know. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't like any of these pictures. (laughs) Fair, fair. I know, but there's another one I wanted to show you of cave drawings, actually. Oh. Yeah. So this story not only has been told for a very long time, but I think it was taken pretty seriously. Um, The Native Americans, there were copper mining Native Americans way back before the Europeans arrived. And they stopped. And when by the time the Europeans arrived, the Ojibwe tribe was like, oh, no, we don't mine for copper. We don't do that. You just don't do it. You just don't do it. Like, it was very much like we ticked off something. And we don't know what, well, they thought it was Mishupeshu. So we just don't, we just don't touch the copper. That's his. He can have it. This cave drawing is one of a few, but you can see the dragon serpent antlered thing. And then there's a canoe behind it and serpents underneath it. So I don't know. It was at least taken seriously enough to draw it. I wonder if it's like an alpha serpent and it just draws all the other serpents near it. That's one of the theories is that it is like in charge of the serpents. It's also said to like its counterpart is the Thunderbird. What? Okay. What? I know. That's weird. I don't know the connection between water and thunder. Like why, at least in folklore like this, right. why they're opposites or why they're in opposition to They've each other. They've always been in opposition to each other. If we think yeah. back to Greek mythology, Zeus True. and Poseidon. Oh my gosh, you're right. brothers yeah. and they've always been in opposition. You're right. Absolutely. So it's a it's tale a as old as time. Literally. <laughs> but it's true here. And so Mishipeshu was supposedly... One of the darker, like the underworld kind of spirit, whereas the thunder bird or the the thundering god was more on the lighter side, the heavenly side. I wonder if that's it's this representation throughout time that there is this connection between life and death and that water has often represented death in uh, like all cultures it's yeah. because it has this great deep and dark mystery about it Absolutely. and lightning literally comes from the heaven so i could see that being more as a representation of something life-giving yeah but that's so funny too because water is way more life-giving than lightning i know i know go figure but yeah i mean and then again greek mythology of the river sticks which takes right. you you know i don't know it's just i, I think know. with water There's this, and we'll talk about it more with yours too, I know. But with water, it's, it creeps me out. Like I love water. I love swimming. I don't enjoy 
diving deep and exploring. Me either. Beyond like what I can do on my own. But I don't want to touch it. I don't want to see it. I was watching some videos where people are underwater searching for these monsters. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't even watch this. I don't. <laughs> they don't have to find anything. I'm creeped out. So Right. I don't know if that is a natural We do have, seem thing. to have like this natural fear of water. And I think part of it is evolutionary that like, I mean, we're, we're not built to be like aquatic species, right? Right. True. And we drown a lot. We drown. drown. It's a thing. It is a thing. <laughs> oh. And I think that's like one of the scariest ways. Yeah. For people. To, to I'm scared of know. drowning. Like, how do you not want to die? That's one of them. Right. Oh, thank you. Okay. So I will not take up any more time because I want to hear Jess's story. But I will leave you with this video. Because if you're not, if I haven't convinced you that this is real, just kidding. Let's just watch this extremely crazy video. So this is in South Haven, Michigan. So this would be Lake Michigan, which gotcha. as far as we know, no stories, but they're all connected. They're all connected. So just check this out. I left the sound off because it's windy. And of course, it's not a great video. Yeah, the video is like super grainy. Super grainy. It looks like a pier and there's water like lapping against the lighthouse. Yes, there is. If you watch on the right side of the pier, there's something dipping in and out of the water. Right there. And it's on the pier now. Oh. Oh, what is that? Yep. (gasps) What is that? Mm-hmm. Ah! Well, uh, I know. It, oh, just watch. And it's moving on its own across the pier. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, and then it just... Bloop. Right back into the water in just a second here. There he goes. Come on. You can do it. I think... That is wild. Yeah. So a lot of people, yep, there he goes. Off oh into gosh. the other side of the pier. I don't like it. Mm-mm. And he's gone. Yay. Isn't that exciting? Yay. Yay. <laughs> this was only, ta- this video was only a few years ago. Uh. Only a few years ago, I remember call like seeing this and calling family members and being like, "Did you see that video?" Because it's just you have to. You have to. It's creepy. It's crazy. It's not moving on its own. You can see from the video that this thing is clearly, clearly has a path. Yeah. Clearly trying to get from one side of the pier to the other, just for it- reference. This pier is not small. It is, I haven't been to this one, but I've been to one similar. Here's my slides. It's wide. So this thing, oh, this that is, huge. is the pier in South Haven. Oh, wow. It's very wide. 
And this thing at least took up half of that, I would say, in the video. Like at first, I don't know. Again, just for reference, one more time, this is a person on the pier when I change the slide. Come on, you can do it. Thanks, Jess. Got you. Wow. That person is so tiny on that pier. Yeah. This is, I mean, 10, 15, I don't know. I'm bad at gauging. People could walk across it together. You know, you can fit a group of people across this pier. It's not narrow. You could play a serious game of Red Rover across that pier. (laughs) You totally could. (laughs) Ah, It's, yeah, it's nuts. Just to give you some, oh, yeah. just to give you some idea of what it looks like, and then on the, you hit the slides again for me. I got oh you. my goodness, thank you. At some point on here, I have ha ah, that one uh, or that one. one, either one. This is That's, one of the explanations. Huh. It's a sturgeon. That's a sturgeon. This is a sturgeon. So this picture was taken in the forties, of like one of the largest sturgeon ever caught. That's Dang one of the explanations. Huge. It is huge. So you've got five people holding it, and it's a big. That's a big fish. I whenever I think of sturgeons, I think of fishing and Animal Crossing, and how your little character holds it up. It's like I got a sturgeon. Got a sturgeon. Like no way, no. you little Animal Crossing character. Your hands must be huge. <laughs> exactly. You got it. You got it wrong. Now this is record breaking, of course, but right. still. And then the next one is a sturgeon that was caught in ni- er, 19 in 2022. Dang. This Whew. guy was on a kayak when he caught it. Nuh-uh. Yeah. That's, there's, oh, my gosh. I know. There's a whole video of him, which is exciting, but not because it's five minutes long of him just trying to reel this thing in. But that is one of the many explanations for what people are seeing. Mm. I just don't think I – I don't think I buy that. Yeah. I get Honestly, it. that's way too small for what we saw in that video. Mm-hmm. Maybe it could be extremely old, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't either. That's wild. It's wild. It's crazy. Don't go swimming without tobacco or <laughs> copper. <laughs> Some sort of offering to throw to Bessie or Pressy. Yeah. Make them happy. Don't go uh, out during a storm. Don't go out in a storm. Try not to get caught in a storm. Uh, the lakes are beautiful and deadly. From afar. Just kidding. From afar. Just kidding. <gasps> this is my local story. I loved your local story. Ah, thank you. So good. If you weren't scared of the water before. <sighs> if you weren't scared of the water before, I am going to proceed to scare you. Now nobody's going to swim after <laughs> I know, <Yay>! right? <laughs> if you weren't scared of lakes before, welcome to this podcast. Where have you been? We're ready. You ready? Okay. (laughs) Let me set the scene. The year is 1958, just two years after the opening of the Jerry D. Jackson Bridge on Highway 53. 
Delia Parker Young and Susie Roberts sped out of a gas station without paying en route to the nearby town of Dawsonville, their feet on the dash, their hands tapping to the rhythm of Presley's latest hit, King Creole, as the faint glow of the headlights on Susie's 1954 Ford sedan lit their way through the southern night. They were two rebels on the run, headed to the Three Gables Roadhouse. Or so they thought. Because they never made it home. All that was found of them were skid marks on the bridge. Eighteen months later, a local fisherman would spot the decomposing body of a woman beneath the Jackson Bridge. In what must have been a gruesome scene, the bloated body floated on the lake's surface, missing two toes from its left foot, while its arms void vainly without hands. Appendages that perhaps had fallen victim to a traumatic end or into the slow digestive tracts of the lake's catfish. It is no surprise then that the body could not be identified by coroners. Yet, even then, the locals were already convinced of its identity. The mysterious body had to be Delia Parker Young. They knew it was Delia, they said, because dozens of drivers on Highway 53 had seen her after she had vanished, appearing as a ghostly, handless apparition sauntering down the highway in a blue dress. The ghost appeared to be lost, almost as if she were searching, but for what no one could say. Decades passed as Delia's legend grew into a local myth. Visiting the old bridge became a rite of passage for the local high school as generations of young thrill seekers sped by in search of the Lady of Lake Lanier. Some returned to school the next day, swearing they'd seen her. Others were thwarted. By November 1990, Susie Roberts was all but forgotten, and the mysterious body found by the fisherman in 1959 lay resting in an unmarked tomb. For all practical purposes, there was little evidence left from the final ride of that Ford sedan, no fabric remaining but the bridge, the highway, and a myth. And that is where fate intervened. Years of wear and tear had finally caught up with the Jackson Bridge. As work began on renovations that would expand and refit the bridge, construction workers dredging the bottom of the lake made a startling discovery. Filled with mud half buried on the lake's bottom, they found the twisted wreckage of the 1954 Ford with the bones of Susie Roberts still inside. Dun, dun, dun. So they were actually able to identify her body through the use of dental records. And after 34 years, residents of North Georgia had a definitive answer to their mystery. Susie Roberts and Delia Parker Young had run off the road high atop the Jerry D. Jackson Bridge. The unmarked tomb was relabeled with Delia's name and the tagline, the Lady of Lake Lanier. And some say you can still find her wandering the back roads of Highway 53, slowly making her way from Dawsonville to the top of the old bridge. And this is just one of the ghost stories they tell about Lake Lanier. Just one. Just one. So like this story about um, Delia Parker Young and Susie Roberts is legit. They actually did go off the bridge. This is a photo of the two of them. Um, 
And uh, here is a depiction of the Lady of Lake Lanier, the ghost in the blue dress. Mm. I don't know how real this photo is. I'm sure it's probably a fake. It's kind of too clear for it to yeah. be a real ghost photo. Right. Personally. <laughs> but it's fun to think about. And yes. to think about the ghost stories. Because there is something like really weird about Lake Lanier. Here's a photo of the car. Uh, that they found yeah and they really did find her bones and all of that but like nana c says in the chat wait there's more because lake lanier is so freaking creepy guys it is so freaking creepy so this is the largest lake in georgia it boasts about having 12 million visitors a year which is insane crazy yeah, it, I mean, it's huge, and it's a man-made lake. And I think because it was a man-made lake, that's what brings up so much of this legend and lore. Well, part of that, and part of that is uh, all the death. All the death. <laughs> There's a lot of death. All the dying. <laughs> the dying's pretty bad. Yeah. Um. So, since its creation... In the 1950s, over 700 people have known to have died in the lake, possibly more. Wow. Yes. Wow. And only some of them can be accounted for as accidents. <laughs> and at least 29 of the bodies have not been found. Ooh. Yeah. Yikes. So, <laughs> yeah, this lake is like crazy spooky. Um, I grew up walking around Lake Lanier. I went to summer camps near Lake Lanier. My family would take a pontoon boat or rent one to go out on Lake Lanier. There's this whole like area called Margaritaville that's like built on Lake Lanier. So like this is a big vacation spot. <laughs> and <laughs> why yeah, not? Why not? Why not? <laughs> do as the North Georgians do. Just party on top of like Georgia's most haunted <laughs> site. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's it's crazy town. So let me tell you a little bit about the history of the lake. So like I said, it's a man-made lake. And its actual building was pretty controversial. 56% uh, of the budget was allotted to design and construction. And only 44% was spent scooping up the necessary land and relocating families. They needed 50,000 acres of farmland and they displaced over 250 families. Yeah. Oh man. Get out of here. We need no, a one lake. Account. <laughs> Basically one account says like 700 families and wow. 15 businesses. And they just, they basically hauled everybody out because at this point in the 1950s, Atlanta was starting to boom and they needed a better energy source and everybody was obsessed with hydroelectric power at this mm. point. So they wanted to build the Buford Dam and then have this reservoir that the Chattahoochee River basically flowed into and created this man-made lake. Gotcha. Part, <laughs> not only did they have to relocate people, they had to relocate cemeteries 20 of them in fact oh my i don't know about uh, you <laughs> that's kind of a large density of cemeteries yes for such a i mean it's a big lake but 20 cemeteries is a lot the, 
Okay, I'm not crazy in thinking that's uh, a lot of cemeteries in one area. Expert, right? That's a lot. <laughs> I'm no grave digger, but that seems like a lot of cemeteries. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So twenty had to be. Why? Do you know why they they just chose this because it was close to where they wanted to? Yeah, the location yeah. was ideal. Um, it was already in a valley. It was part of an gotcha. outlet for the Chattahoochee River. So yeah. it was very ideal for the location that they wanted. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so the, the local army uh, of engineers corps basically said that they relocated all the bodies in these 20 cemeteries. But there were many complaints from the families that they didn't receive notification and uh, perhaps some lawsuits about never receiving the bodies of their dead family members. I don't know how many scary movies you watch, but <laughs> that's like just pure gold to set up mm-hmm. a scary haunting all in itself. It gets worse. Good. Good. <laughs> exactly. Great. <laughs> so in the early 1980s, 80s, Sergeant Chris Robinson was wandering the lowered coastline of Lake Lanier. A massive drought had occurred that year. I, I mean, we get droughts in Georgia all the time, so it wasn't unusual. But think about it like this. You got the lowering of the coastline, and there's basically towns and cities and civilization underneath this lake. Yeah, It's kind of like an underwater Atlantis. Is the way I think of it because they didn't do a super good job of like demolishing all the buildings and taking out all the trees. Oh my goodness. And so there, when the Lake Lanier's coastline goes down, a lot is revealed. And so this guy, Sergeant Man. Chris Robertson loved looking around during times of drought for like treasure and stuff like that. It's funny, too, because this is also like this part of North Georgia um, was where start, stock cart racing started. Oh. And there's a whole racetrack called Looper Speedway underneath Lake Lanier. <laughs> it gives the ghost something to do. <laughs> That's and terrible. So when there's a drought, you can see the stands for Looper Speedway sticking out of the water. Oh, my word. I know it's crazy. I wonder if I, I think I might have a picture. Wow. Yeah. It's insane. So yeah, here's what the lake looks like when like there's a real, real drought going on. (laughs) All these houseboats or all these houses are supposed to be like on the water. Nope. Currently not on the water. Currently not. It comes and goes. Yeah. And then, so, yeah, here's part of the racetrack <laughs> that's sticking straight out of the water. Oh, my goodness. Um, a, a tree that you can just see sticking out of the water. <laughs> wow. And then there's this. So, this is what Sergeant Chris Robertson had discovered. And it's a very curious pile. And after archaeologists started poking around, they figured out it was an Indian burial ground. No, shut up. Of course it is. <laughs> Of course, of course it is. It is. Ah. Yep. Ah. It's a Cherokee <laughs> Indian burial mound. And what's worse is this 
archaeologist during the uh, surveying of this land in the 1950s, this guy, Joseph Codwell, had found this location and called it the Sumner Mound. But they still put Lake Lanier on top of it anyway. Like, you know what? It's fine. It's fine. We'll just cover it in water. It's fine. Oh, my They word. didn't relocate anything. There were still skeletons in this mound. Ah. Uh. 40 years later is insane. Do you imagine just like someone just floats to the top? That's a, I don't know. I don't know if that's ever happened, but oh, hey, there's a skeleton. Right? Floating. You you joke, but this happens often. Bodies will just like, oh, I know. Uh, that's off. Randomly float to the top. Float to the top in Lake Lanier. Oh, my goodness. How disrespectful. It's okay. Yes, this is my thing. It is. It's first of all, it's insanely disrespectful. And you know, the Indians uh, actively practice animism, right? So, this idea that the spiritual world and our world are in close contact, and that the dead was very important to them and very sacred to them in more ways than just like as Christians, we see it as sacred to them, like this is just total desecration of a site and that would bring evil spirits. So are we surprised then? <laughs> right. <laughs> Were we surprised by the stories? Has nobody seen the exorcist? I know. Uh, well, pet cemetery. What was the poltergeist? Like, have uh, you every guys- single one. Yeah. I guess none. none of these movies were out in the fifties yet. So they not. had nothing to That's fair. figure out. Right. They were just like, oh, you know, what's the I- worst that could happen? This, well, people will be mad. They'll get over it. I don't know. Right. I mean, it's just crazy that all of this is down there and because it's so insane, of course, uh, discovery channel had to make like this whole documentary about it. Of course. Of course. So I'm not going to play the whole thing for you guys, but there is a little clip that I think just um, really sums up uh, the strange vibe, so to speak, <laughs> literally. Uh. You get a feeling that you're not alone when you should be alone. Yeah, I don't feel like someone... Audience, let me know if you guys can't hear it. Me, but the water feels thicker than it should. And what I mean by that is a you lady can. fell out of a boat and we yep. actually witnessed it. And we ran over there and pulled her out of the water and she was very upset and she said, I'm so embarrassed. And I said, don't worry, we, we see people who do this all the time. And she said, no, you don't understand, I'm a lifeguard. <laughs> and she said just when she found herself in that water, it was just like molasses. So all the things that we see in this lake, it finally got so bad and scared the locals so much that we think maybe we're just stuck with a curse we have to live with. Could the numerous fatalities that have taken place at Lake Lanier be the result of a curse? It may sound far-fetched to some, but for decades, researchers have been examining the possibility Why is Shatner so good at this? I know, right? could be harboring the power to inflict harm. And according to their investigations, it may have something to do with the history of Lake Lanier. Lake Lanier is the largest lake in Georgia. It's a man-made lake meant to provide water and power to the surrounding communities. They actually made it by flooding a valley that had a town in it, Oscarville. 
So they had to relocate the people that lived there. And then they just drowned the entire town under water. Oscarville wasn't the only town that was affected by the building of Lake Lanier. In the 1940s and 50s... All right, you guys get the idea. Insanely creepy, insanely yeah. spooky. Um, this lake has got has got it all. Yeah. Um, and of course, because there's so much down there, it attracts a lot of divers who are like really interested in exploring and finding out what's down there. And so a local diver who goes down there, searches for things and has found more uh, bodies than he cares to mention, uh, says, you reach out to the dark and you feel an arm or a leg and it doesn't move. That's creepy. Yeah, that's creepy, Buck Buchanan. Oh! That's creepy, my man. Yep. 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 Ugh. Yikes. And again, just going into the depths of the water freaks me out. And then he had bodies, dead bodies to it. Yep. yep. And so here are just some photos. Uh, here's one of the cemeteries oh. left underneath Lake Lanier. Oh, my goodness. Awesome. Wow. You can see it's covered in algae. Yep. That makes sense. Uh, here's a building that our divers are swimming by. You can basically look right into it. I mean, it really is like a North Georgia Atlantis sort of situation. Yeah, absolutely. Mermaids <laughs> have their own little home there now. Yep. And they also have cars. Yep. Here, here's a car that's just like Perfect. in there. Perfect. Perfect. Oh, my goodness. And this is the creepiest part. People will be, there's so many bridges around here. And this mm -hmm. is like, I think this is why I'm afraid of bridges. There are all these stories of people driving over the bridges and feeling this irresistible pull of their car over the railing. Come join us. Literally. Ugh. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um. Sunken boats. Sunken boats. That's crazy. And that, but there are places like this all around the world where you just feel urges that aren't your own in these areas. Right. And uh, I know that there's a place in, I want to say Japan or China, Asia, somewhere. Like, they tell you, don't go in here after dark, you'll never come out. Or right. if you do, you will not live much longer. You'll take right. your own life kind of thing. So like, there's, like, places yeah. with these dark, I don't want to say energy, but you know what I'm saying. Like, it just it feels has, like it, though. Yeah. Yeah. You get these urges that aren't your own. You get these um, this awful sense of whatever. It's like and there's a very evil sort of presence here yeah yeah weird <sighs> so yeah. i like this one because i mean <laughs> these are clearly lawn ornaments that people right. have thrown into the lake so it's generated a lot of its own of myth of course too <laughs> <laughs> but then you just like find all kinds of crazy things and like linear and so of course there's just story after story after story of tragic death around this area. And because right. of like after the lake was created, right? Right. 
right yeah. after its creation. So uh, I'll just tell you guys a few of those stories. So the deadliest day at Lake Lanier occurred only 10 years after its construction and on Christmas Day, oh. no less. I know. Um, so basically these two families piled into their big car. It was 11 adults and children combined. And they were going out, just going to pick apples on Christmas Day. It was the Brown and the Rogers family. And as they were going over the bridge, the father just felt that pull. And they went over the edge. Oh, that's awful. It's terrible. That's... As many people as have died in Lake Lanier, that is the most at one time. Wow. Yeah. It is insane. Um, and then in 2012, uh, Usher's stepson was killed in a boating accident with a family relative uh, or a family relative, family friend who was on a jet ski. He was on like the stepson, um, Kyle Glover, was on basically one of those inner tubes and was being mm. pulled. You ever done that before? Oh, yeah. Like being pulled. Oh, yeah. Um, and the jet ski just like careened right into him. <gasps> uh, yeah. Both him and his friend were hospitalized, but Kyle Glover uh, died not long after. And with how many people are on this lake, you expect accidents like of that. Course. Right. Which, absolutely tragic. Absolutely yes. tragic. Um but then you get the weird ones, the truly unexplainable ones, like the story of Kelly Nash. This one gives me the heebie-jeebies so bad. Okay. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. Bring it on. Right. So in 2015, Kelly Nash wakes up in his home feeling ill and just like really sick. And he tells his girlfriend, I'm going to go to the doctor. And she's like, okay, whatever. And <laughs> she goes back to sleep. And then when she wakes up again, he, he's just like gone. His wallet's there. His keys are there. Uh, she, she like can't find him. And she gets to the end of the day and he's never come home. So she puts out a report. The police start looking for him. And it's several days later before his body turns up in Lake Lanier uh. with a gunshot wound to his head. And oh they find goodness. that he had a gun missing from his house. Oh, but see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. He had like plans to do things. Yeah. So, and you know, his family say he was full of life. He had all these things he wanted to do. He had lots of plans. And so this idea that it was him taking his own life is really strange. Like he just woke up with like flu symptoms. Who wakes up with flu symptoms and says, well, I mean, you might feel it, but you don't actually mean it. Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah, he wasn't. Uh, it was a complete surprise right. to them that wasn't. Wow. Right. Oh, uh, I know. It's crazy. It's insanely crazy. And then yeah. this next one, actually, my husband told me because his best friend, uh, this is going to be one of those, his best uh, friend knows the family that this happened to. And also it was in the news. So this happened in 2016. A father died. Saturday afternoon after saving his daughter from drowning. Oh. His daughter went over the edge of a boat, right? And so he jumps in to save her, pushes her up back onto the boat, and then is dragged down and never resurfaces. 
That's crazy. found his body. Oh, wow. Yup. Wow. That's, he was there on the boat, like, you know. Right. It doesn't make sense. Uh-uh. Uh, wow. Yeah. And, <laughs> wow. Yup. Wow. Not even going to make jokes but but seriously so he is he's he rescues her and gets her up to the boat gets her out and then he's just like drawn back down i can understand being tired but at the same time you've already made it to the surface right you can naturally just just lift your hand grab the boat or grab grab the boat yeah what happened man wow yeah what happened right Oh and there goodness. are so many like creepy stories like this. Like the, there was this TikTok story. I should have saved it, but I didn't. Of this mother who was at the Margaritaville with her young son. And they were hanging out on the beach and having a good time swimming. And she leaves her son with her assistant, not even for a second to go and grab a drink and come back. When she comes back, she sees her assistant, but her son is just gone. Oh, just like disappeared. Uh, and he was wearing a bright red shirt. And there are people everywhere. Like Margaritaville is always packed. Packed mm-hmm. with people. So if it was like a drowning incident, you'd think they'd hear splashing and screaming. But he's just like gone. gone. And so she has the good instinct to jump into the lake and start searching for him. And she finds him underwater just like kind of floating with his legs pointed straight down. Like something is grabbing onto them. Oh, and so she yeah. pulls them out, it gives them CPR, the paramedics come in, and they, they get a pulse, and he survives. But she emphasizes that it was so creepy that she saw his legs being held down. Yes. Absolutely. Because naturally, right, even in that position, you would still float to the top. Right. If you're not actively trying to keep yourself down. Right. That's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Like something's holding him down. Oh, smart mom. I know. Good on her. Yeah. Great instinct. Yeah. Probably shouldn't have taken her kid to Lake Lanier to begin with. Right, 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 right. Moral of the story, don't go there. (laughs) Don't go there. Um, So, and, and these keep getting more and more recent. 2019, a local fisherman is like in his boat over Lake Lanier and he notices something shiny and he looks down and he sees a car and there's a man inside that had been reported to have been missing. So not like one of the, not one of the cars that was already down there. Yeah. Like just, just Just got like in the middle of the lake, like not near a road, not near a bridge. Wow. Was the man in there dead? Dead. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. most likely. Oh, uh, yeah. oh, that's crazy. Yeah. A- apparently it was a 56-year-old man who had been missing since June of that year. Wow. Yeah. Somehow got his lake in, uh, got his lake, got his car into the middle of the lake. Right. Wow. So that, that cars just keep going. Yep. <laughs> 
And so there's like story after story of this. There's a story of a man who jumps into a lake and in the lake and accidentally gets electrocuted because it's near it's near to a transformer. Like mm. who accidentally does that? Right. Ooh. Wow. And then as of this week. Oh my goodness. I know. A man who disappeared Saturday turned up <laughs> in the lake. It's oh. not funny, but uh, he turned up on a jet ski that had sunk. Um, he had jumped off and never came back. Oh, my word. Yep. So just like story after story of this is insane. Like, yes. how could there be so many stories of these things happening in just one place? Yeah. And so we talked about the ghost story, uh, the haunting of Delia Parker Young and uh, Susie Roberts. So there's that one ghost story. There have also been occasional reports of a mysterious raft called the ghost ship. Hmm. That's not ominous at all. No, not ominous at all. <laughs> they say that the raft is equipped with a lantern on a pole and ridden by a shadowy figure that uses the pole to push it along. And mind you, the pole is 45 feet long. How they know that exactly? I don't know. Right. I'm not going to pretend to know. But it's like you. <laughs> it's not like your little fishing pole is like long. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in one particularly harrowing harrowing account two fishermen saw the ghostly raft while out on the lake fishing in a rowboat on one cold autumn night around 1 a.m in the morning in this case the mysterious raft was half a mile away and estimated to be in about 45 feet of water yet the rider was bizarrely pushing it along with the pole nevertheless at one point, it jumped off the raft into the freezing water and began to swim towards the fishermen. This alarmed them, and they pulled their lines in and were ready to get out of there when they heard a terrible scream, and the raft disappeared. Oh, I know. Okay, number one, why are you fishing at night out here? I mean, I understand fishing at night. Right. But why are you fishing at night on Lake Lanier? You're asking for trouble, obviously. Listen, there's nothing to do around these parts. <laughs> Might as well risk it for some fish. Right. <laughs> they heard a scream and it disappeared. It so just disappeared. It got it got what it came for. Yeah, basically. I don't know. Except yeah. that the ghost boat is also like Loki real. And they found <gasps> it. Get out. Yeah, so uh, here is a news article from 2021. The Erie ghost boat was removed from Georgia's Lake Lanier. And it's all good, guys. We got it. They found it. They found it. Ugh. But did they yeah. find the they never driver? Found the, they never found the driver. They never found the ferryman. Wow. But they actually found the boat. I remember when this happened, and I was like, freaking out i was like no they found it they found it's it it's real oh that's insane yeah they know it's this boat it looks exactly how it was described by the two just, fishermen yeah yeah oh my word oh uh, 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 no yep. thank you 
<sighs> and then yikes someone says uh, or jelly says i usually catch bigger fish at night speaking of bigger fish <laughs> speaking of <laughs> speaking of um we also have giant catfish of course so here's some more like debris here's our giant cat <gasps> <laughs> i know oh that puts my sturgeon to shame <laughs> it's yeah it's so you kind of like get why maybe some bodies will never be found. Absolutely. Just like kind of in the uh, catfish. I mean, I didn't even know catfish got that big. I knew they could get big, but I don't think it get that big. Yeah. Well, they're kind of nasty. Yeah. Wow. I just think they're so gross, but they are so gross. Yeah. I hate them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, of course, I think this is the most ridiculous out of the stories. The, it is said that the catfish man is a giant <laughs> catfish the size of a car that lurks in the depths of the lake. Some people believe that catfish man is a demon, while others believe that it is the guardian spirit of the lake. Well, naturally. <laughs> naturally. That's because that's it would go naturally that's how it would go <clears throat> and the most common story about the catfish man is that he is the ghost of a fisherman who was drowned in the lake many years ago mm. the fisherman is said to have been a cruel and greedy man and was cursed by the native american shaman before he died the curse turned the fisherman into a giant catfish and now he's forced to spend eternity swimming in the murky waters of lake lanier Ew, that would be quite the curse, too. Yeah. The yeah. Catfish. Mm. Uh, I, I love that there's like fish serpent <laughs> stories in all the freaking lakes. It doesn't matter. I know, all right? The water, all the water. They're there. What? Mm. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> the chemicals in the water are turning the frickin' fo- frogs gay. The chemicals <gasps> in the water are turning the frickin' fish huge. Yes. Yes. That was actually one explanation for Lake Erie because it was so polluted at one point. Absolutely awful, disgusting, polluted. It's much, much better now. But that was one thing like, oh, maybe that created. Like, Yeah, well, this has been said for a long time before right. it was that polluted. But still, what's in the water? What is in the water of Lake Lanier? Honestly, Lake Lanier is freaking gross. I hate looking in the water. <laughs> like if you look at it from afar, it looks really pretty. But if you try sure. to look down, it's not clear at all. It's disgusting. It's gross. Uh, oh, no. So are you? would you suggest swimming in Lake Lanier at like, you know, sunset? No, I would not. This is not <laughs> part of my recommendation tonight. <laughs> And it's a catfish. And it's a catfish and not Jaws. Not Jaws. Bruce the shark. (laughs) It's going to be a catfish that grabs you and like gums you to death. Gums you to death. Just brushes you with its whiskers. Oh, oh, I've been in the lake and I just like feel something against my leg. And I'm like, nope, 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 nope. nope." (laughs) I'm out. I'm out. I'm done. I'm gone. Gotta go. 
the worst part about I say the worst part, it's all the worst part. One of the worst <laughs> parts about it being a man-made lake is the floor isn't normal. It's like right. you know, normally you'd think there'd be a gentle slope and get deeper and deeper. No, you'll be like right up on the shoreline and you'll walk and you'll walk and suddenly you drop. Yeah. Yeah. It drops right off. Yeah. So you have to be so, so careful. Yeah. You're good till here. And then you're not, unless you can swim. Right. And even then, in this lake, who knows? That might not yeah. be enough to save you. And so, <clears throat> like, the local law enforcement in the area really ropes off where is safe to swim, mm, even sure. though plenty of people have died in the safe to swim areas because of unexplainable phenomenon. Yeah. But then, you know, you get your teenagers who look at a sign and laugh yeah, and go right by it. That's so, cute. Right. Uh, just on the face of it, Lake Lanier isn't safe. There's a whole city. There's multiple cities down there, right? And cemeteries. And cemeteries. <sighs> they're Just like thinking in terms of like surface level facts, there's so much debris in yeah. Lake Lanier. Like just getting hit with something is so possible. All right. Right. Having was- your boat get caught on the top of a tree or a house or a church. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And how, what, like, how good is the water? Like, the quality of the water? You know what I mean? Like, right. don't drink it. I, I mean, know. not that you would, but keep your mouth shut in the There's water. There's a, a reason we have a lot of water treatment plants around here before the lake water is drinkable. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Just a lot of pollution. I don't know. A lot of stuff in there to make the water gross. But Let like, alone all the rest of it. What's crazy is, is we do have, like, this is the largest lake in Georgia, but we have comparable size lakes that don't even have a third as many deaths. We have Lake Alatoona, right. which isn't super far away and has about the same number of visitors and only not even a third of the deaths. Like, not even comparable it is the yeah. one of the deadliest lakes in the United States. Oh my word! Oh so my word! Why? Why? Right? What's so special about it? Right. Mm. Well, first you got your Indian burial ground thing going on. Right. First there's that. First there's that, and uh. I wonder if there's credence to that because just the pure history of Lake Lanier is really bad. Right. Right. Because underneath it. That community underneath it, before it was a town, it was occupied by Native Americans, right? That's why there was the Indian burial ground. Yep. And was one of the southernmost points of the Trail of Tears. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Not um, a- which is sad. Passing by uh, this sign that says Trail of Tears original route when you get near the lake is kind of troubling and also depressing and sad. Absolutely. That was awful. It, it was super awful. Yeah. And the eviction of the Native Americans from that site isn't the only tragic thing that happened there. Uh, we heard in the video, our narrator mentioned Oscarville as one of the towns that used to be down there. Um, you guys know how the South used to be. It's not <laughs> exactly the most pleasant place when it comes to um, racial relations. Uh, especially not in the early 1900s. No. Um, 
because one of the local towns of coming is a prominent area where the KKK was active at that time. Ah, uh, yeah. So joke. like so much bad stuff yeah. went on there and yeah. they're like, I'm not going to go into all of it because you know, every podcast on earth has talked about this story and actually <laughs> the locals have put together enough money to have a movie made about Lake Lanier. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You told me that. It's definitely a B movie. It's like (laughs) cocaine bear level movie. So it's probably worth watching, but you know it emphasizes the racial tensions. Not to say that talking about it isn't important. Obviously, those things that happened there were terrible and awful. Um, I just don't feel like rehashing them because everybody has talked about it to death. Mm -hmm. But you get the idea. You have the eviction of the native Americans, you have the murder and mistreatment of black people in this area too. And so just terrible things have happened on the land before it became Lake Lanier. And then we have Lake Lanier. Yeah. And (laughs) now people die when they go on top of it. So are we really surprised though? No, (laughs) no, it is it's one of those places that's just like bad on top of bad on top of bad. Right. And that is, there's something to that. I don't think I have an answer by any means, but concentrated evil, if you will, like that in this place, I think there are consequences to say the least. Yeah. Not always measurable or anything like that, but, uh, that's dark. That's dark stuff. That's it, yeah, bad stuff that's been happening there for a long time. Very bad. Very evil things have been happening here for a very, very long time. So are we really shocked when bad things continue to happen? And like you said, it's like there is a concentrated evil here. And so, like, here's a question I have for you, and a question I have for the chat: As Christians, how do we take these things? How do we take these stories yeah. of concentrated evil in these locations? What right. do we do with them? How do we deal with the question of ghosts and the not just the supernatural, because we do believe in the spirit world, yeah. but in the negative sort of aspect of that? Yeah, I think for me, it's, um, you can't have one without the other. As far as like, it, if you can find these bad places, that also means that there, there's goodness. So there's that. But there is continuous spiritual warfare happening all the time. So much that we are so unaware of, I think, even as Christians, that we don't, delve into it can be a slippery slope right as far as you know you start getting into that and you can i don't know but i guess my point is there's so much more to this world than we can see on purpose right you know there's a spiritual realm and that's god's realm and there's a lot of warfare happening there but i do think it spills into ours as well and i do think it gets invited in as well mm, mm-hmm. and i think that's the thing with ghosts with the supernatural is there is a loose 
I don't want to say connection, but there is like a, uh, I don't think the line that divides the physical and the spiritual is that firm. Yeah. It's not as concrete as we'd like it to be. Thank you. Yes, exactly. So I do think those things spill over and I, yeah, pray. <laughs> I love that <laughs> from fantasy. Yeah. Pray, pray, pray. Um, but it's it's not something that I dismiss, but it's definitely not something that I'm going to go seek out either. Right. If that makes sense. It does make sense. It's the same reason you don't play with a Ouija board. It's yeah. the same reason when someone says, don't look in a mirror and say someone's name three times. You don't do it because you just don't invite it in. Exactly. That's the thing too is I think – so one thing that like with Mishapishu, for example, you can appease this spirit by having copper on you or um, giving it tobacco, putting tobacco in the water or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that you're still inviting these things in. You're still playing with these things that you don't understand. Whether you want to think it's real or not, that's whatever. But when you play along, right. if you will. It's not so much the intent, but the focus that you are giving to this entity, this spirit, these these concentrated places. Somebody made the connection on a TikTok, and it's a loose connection, but I still think it's worth mentioning. Like, we throw pennies in a fountain. Yeah. You throw coins into a fountain to make a wish. You throw tobacco in the water to appease Mishupishu. You... You're still performing as innocent as you think it is. You're still performing these rites that people have created to appease the gods or spirits or whatever. You're still, um, yes, like Hickton and Honey said, you're still playing the game and you're giving it more power even if you don't intend to. So while I believe in these things in a in that I believe in the spiritual world and the realm. And I do think that there's good and bad to that. And those things can spill over, yada, yada. I'm also not going to give any of my focus or intent to it. Right. Sorry. I like that. No, I like that. I think kind of like when we talked about the magnetic fields and ley lines up episode that we did together, the spirit world is so much closer than we realize. Absolutely. It's, we were talking on uh, backstage about Constantine and like how they depict hell and how it's just like right there. It's so much closer than we give it credit for. And so are we surprised then when we invite evil into the world that it enters? Yeah. When you give it the doorway, when you open the door and allow it in, right. why are you surprised? And like you said, with Ouija boards, that's why you don't play with them. Right. You do not, even as innocent as like, oh, we're just playing a game. It doesn't mean anything. Right. No, you don't touch these things. You do not give that evil a way in right. to connect and attach to you, your home, your whatever. Leave it alone. Don't 
Don't even invite. And then, so for people who like don't invite it, and who people who are just living their lives, like people who go to Lake Lanier aren't like driving over the lake and going, "Hee hee, come and get me, Lady of the Lake." Um, it. uh, Somebody mentioned. I think it was Frida mentioned. This is like a place of power, like we read about Monster Hunter. Hmm. It's just there's so many negative and evil things that have taken place in this area, and you wonder if. I, I always think of like uh, Japanese culture and how the more you attend to one of their gods or whatever, the more power it has. And the same sort of thing, the more negative attention you give something, the more power it has, the more you give the demon its will, so to speak. And so this place where so much death and evil has occurred has taken on a lot of evil. It's like you walk up to a sanatorium where lots of people have died and probably were um, abused and mistreated and experimented on. You, there's a reason you have this lingering fear of a place. Yeah. Because evil took place there and thus evil resides there. Yeah. And so clearly what needs to happen is a Catholic pl- priest needs to come with some holy water yeah. and refill the lake with holy water. Absolutely. Throw a bunch of crosses in it. Right. We'll be Call okay. It a day. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I do think the Holy Spirit talks to us that way as far as like a warning, if you will, or like when you, somebody just said it in the chat, but you have those gut feelings and right. you listen to it like, yeah, don't know why, but I'm not going to touch that or I'm just not. And I think with Lake Lanier, it's just so... Uh, like you were saying, it's just so prevalent now. Right. You don't have to invite it anymore. It's there. But yeah, it's like it's living in every drop of that water. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, those are good stories, though. I mean, good as yeah. in like right. It's good for a Halloween episode. It's good. <laughs> yes, it's a good so- source of stories for Halloween. Oh my goodness! Oh. But this has been fun. That's been fun. How often have you gone there? Uh, We used to go a lot when I was a kid. Not so much anymore. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) Weird how that happens. Weird. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, That is, I don't know. Yeah, I'm definitely spooked. spooked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the story of Nessie and Bessie. Or Nessie. Whatever. Words Words are hard. Them. Them, the the spooky, scary cat sea noodles. <laughs> I love that. I loved it. It's uh. it's so funny how all of these stories have just like entered the imagination. And there's, you know, there's a kernel of truth in all of them. Yeah. That there's something that resides here, something unexplainable. And I think it goes back to the whole water aspect. It's so deep. It's so mysterious. There's this great fear of the unknown. Yep. Absolutely. And I think there's, well, serpents and dragons, like we had talked about before, that's all over North America. Right. South America. That kind of folklore, if you will. Um, Nathan shared... Hopinogo, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Oh, yeah. Which is by where he lives. And very similar stories to what I shared. Um, 
about a sea monster in their area as well, in that lake as well. And the, of course, Native Americans there had stories about that too. There's something to it, just like we were saying with dragons. Ogopogo. Yeah. I didn't write it down, so I knew I was going to mispronounce it. Perfect. Yes. Too many O's and G's and P's. Anyway. But there's these similar things running through it, all of it. And with ours, you know, water, just in general, like you were saying. Why not throw some sea monsters in there and <laughs> right. giant catfish. Some ghosts and sea monsters just yeah. to kind of complete the picture. The fairy man. All of it. Why not? <laughs> yeah, we literally had a ferryman. Like, could you get more on the nose than that? I don't know. I don't think so, but I like it. <laughs> as far as good stories. Right. You know what I'm saying. Anyway. Ah. All right. What do you think, Jess? Let's go to Rumble only for our giveaway portion and do some memes. Yes. Let's do it. Do some memes. Talk about more stuff. Yeah. It's going to be fun. What do we got coming up next week, Elise? Next week, we're going to Sparta. Again. This is Sparta. (gasps) High kick. Oiled six pack. There you go. That's our talk. Elise is going to come with an oiled six pack. I'm going to oil up a six-pack of root beer and call it a day. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yep, we're talking about Sparta and how awesomely awful that culture was, and I can't wait. Perfect. Yeah. I'm hyped for it. Don't forget, while it's still going on, get your awesome quirky merch using code SPOOKY at hawkhoundmedia.com slash QOC. You guys are awesome. Everybody in the chat is awesome. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Have fun. Eat lots of kids. <laughs> yeah. Maybe don't go swimming for a little while. Right. Yeah. That's we'll not what I'd recommend. No. So stay quirky, everybody. We'll see y'all next time. Yeah. Until then, stay spooky. Stay spooky.